This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by Free Play Florida. It'll be Friday, November 20th through Sunday, November 22nd. Graydon Clark, classic B-movie director of almost 30 feature films, including sci-fi, horror, and pop culture, will be at the show. He's the director of Joysticks and Movie, and they'll have a screening of it Friday night with a Q&A followed after. Also, Walter Day and Billy Mitchell, the founder of Twin Galaxy's International Scoreboard, and Billy Mitchell's the star of King of Kong movie, will be there to talk to you guys live. And don't forget, Dennis Nordman and Greg Ferreris, classic pinball designers of some of the most famous machines ever made, will also be on hand taking your question. And deuce for five nights at Freddy's Freaks, Aaron Fetcher of Creative Engineering and the genius behind the showbiz pizza place, Rock of Fire Explosion, animatronic band that heavily influenced Five Nights at Freddy's, will be there with his characters. And that's just getting started, deuce. They have over 200 arcade games and pinball machines. Every classic console you can think of, a tournament for Smash Brothers and pinball games, and challenges of games of all kinds. And remember to tell them that the official podcast of Free Play Florida Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And of course, just like him, we never ride solo. We are back again down in Main Street Bartow at Main Street Comics and Collectibles. And I'm so glad to have John back on the show with us. John, it's good to see you again, buddy. Hey, Deuce. How's it going? It's going pretty good. I had some uh, questions I wanted to bounce off of you because, of course, you know how it is. You go, you do an event, and then you get home and you forgot everything. And you're like, oh, I should have asked that. There were some things I wanted to ask you about personally because you told me yourself when you had first originally had a comic book store was in the 90s give or take i actually opened in uh, 1986 and uh had it through 1993 when i sold the business and and moved out of state that was back in california wow so now that you're in florida now it's 2015 it's a totally new monster (laughs) very very different uh I guess one of the biggest differences, I think the average cover price of that back then was about a buck. Now it's uh, three ninety nine. Wow! <laughs> but uh, you know, every everything is different. There were different. There were multiple comic distributors. There were pretty much, uh, I would say, four major publishers. And I guess they're still the biggest, but there's a whole heck of a lot of new ones added in as well these days. Well, and I guess that would lead me to my next question I want to ask you about, and that is, what do you think right now is probably the biggest difference from when you were doing it back in the late 80s early 90s i guess the biggest difference is just the sheer magnitude of product every month my order form is about the size of a phone book oh wow um the first half of it is all the different comics and then uh if anybody's familiar with the previews book that's that's basically a copy of the dealer's order form and the first half of it is comics so you're looking at like 250, 300 pages of comics, followed by another 300 pages of all the different things that tie in. Uh, your T-shirts and your posters and graphic novels and toys and, and all the different, anything that they can get to tie in is going to be in that catalog. So there's just the, the sheer magnitude of product is pretty overwhelming these days. And I guess as being a store owner, it, it's got to be tough for you because you can't carry everything. I mean, you've, you've only got so much of a budget, no matter what business you're in. So you got to do the, the cost versus how much am I going to be able to sell. Is that a problem every month going through, okay, what do I really need to have and what do I really not need? It, it is really tough, and um, that's actually one of the reasons that the previews book is such a good item to have is it's I'm able to carry that book in the store, make it available to the customers, and they can tell me things that they're looking for. Because like you said, you just can't carry everything. It's absolutely impossible. Even if you have a warehouse, you can't even really carry everything. So what I do is I order the things that I know are going to be popular, have the previews available for my customers to look through, and anything that they want to order, I'm always happy to special order. Well, you're awesome about that. Every time I come in, you show me the previews book, and you're like, hey, by the way, I know that these are kind of the things you like. You show me that, so I kind of know what's coming down the pipe. And I guess, just like in any business, uh, you've got to listen to the consumer. you got to listen to your customers. What does it seem like that they're wanting the most right now? The most popular things... Um Pops are incredibly popular right now. The vinyl pops from Funko, um, particularly Star Wars, um, and then 
the ones that kind of tie into the current TV shows. I haven't been able to keep in stock the, the ones from Arrow and the Flash TV shows and things like that. Uh, as soon as I get them, they sell right back out. So we've kind of got them on continuous reorder whenever we can get them in. Um, those are really, really hot right now. Pretty much anything to do with Star Wars is super hot right now. Everybody's oh, yeah. anticipating the release of the new movie come December. Um, and then, you know, your your, your old standbys... Uh, Spider-Man's always number one with Marvel fans. Batman's always number one with DC fans. But they're getting gained on by Harley Quinn and Deadpool. Those are two super-duper red-hot commodities right now. It seems like those are probably the two biggest things going right now for DC is Harley Quinn and Deadpool, especially with the, well, Deadpool being Marvel. But it's kind of like they're two newest, hottest properties, and it seems like that would be moving a lot of merchandise, especially with the new movies coming out. Um, have you seen just a, a huge increase in sales? Yeah, those those two, like you said, they're the, the hot commodities right now. And the funny thing is, is people look at them as new characters, and they're really not that new. I think no. Harley Quinn came out in 91, 92, and Deadpool was right around the same time. So they've been around for over 20 years at this point. But um, anytime that you're looking at characters getting their own movie or going to be on, on a TV show, it always really increases the interest. And uh, and not just in the comics, you know, they start coming out with with the T-shirts and the posters and the graphic novels and the vinyl pops, like I said. So all of that stuff right now is real hot. And see, and, and that brings me to another thing: the vinyl pops. When I first saw them, I was like, "How are these going to sell? Like they're little plastic dolls that, yes, they look like your the characters you like, but I'm like, nobody's going to buy these." And it, we were there at MegaCon. They had a huge booth, and that was the guy's whole shtick was, I have every vinyl pop ever made and the rares and the variants, yep. and you were seeing people walking out with, like, garbage bags full of them, and it just it blew my mind because I didn't think that that was going to be so popular. Yeah, I've got a, a couple of customers that uh, that's their main thing. You know, they might buy a couple of comics, but they're really into the pops, and this one guy actually the other day brought in photos of his room, and he's got each wall of his room is, is lined with... Sh- shelves and on those shelves is a different category of pops he's got the movie ones on one side the tv shows on the other the dc comics on the other one and the marvels on the other so he's got you know an entire room filled with the things well i'll have to bring you a a picture of our studio because in our studio that's what johnny has he's got two little shelves one is just the vinyl pops that are all like deadpool and superheroes and then he's got one that are all video game characters like mass effect and things like that so he really loves them um it wasn't anything I got into personally, but I, it just amazed me how popular and how much they blew up and so quickly. Yeah, well, we, we know that Johnny's a disturbed individual, but he's not yes. the only one. No. There's a lot of people that are doing the same thing he is. It seems like it. And uh, another point you actually brought up earlier about the popularity of the Flash and the Arrow TV show. Has that helped you a lot with sales lately? Is that merchandise really moving? Anytime there's there's media involved, whether it's... Uh, on a television show or even in in print newspaper anytime that something gets more publicity and and in stuff like that it's kind of free publicity it's it's out there and it's constantly in people's faces it it always helps um you you were saying what's the difference between back in the the 80s early 90s and now um you know back then we had the first Batman movie came out in 1989 yeah. that was the Michael Keaton Jack Nicholson that's one that's the one I grew up with that and you know that Sorry, everybody, but that's still my favorite. Mine, too. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and that was about it. I mean, you know, Marvel had, I think, Howard the Duck was probably about the only Ma- oh. Marvel movie at that point. <laughs> oh. So, you know, need I say more as yeah. far as that goes. But, uh, you know, for years, comic fans and even the, the people involved in comics, Stan Lee was constantly pitching his characters to the movie studios and none of them would ever take him up on it. And I think a major part of that was they just couldn't seem to do the special effects right. They, they wanted to, you know, if you don't do the effects right, it's going to look hokey, going to look cheesy, like Howard the Duck. Yeah. So um, I, in a lot of ways, I guess it's a good thing that they, they waited as long as they did. It would have been nice to have all these movies, you know, back then just to have built the, the whole genre that much more over the time. I can imagine what it would be like if we'd had movies during all that time. But... Um, you know, now that they can get the special effects done right and they've got good writers 
doing these stories and directors like you know Joss Whedon doing stuff um, you know we're finally getting it done right and they're showing people you know how good this stuff is well and actually that leads me into a point that I didn't even think about do you think maybe because Howard the Duck did bomb so bad it left such a bad taste in the studio's mouth they're like look we tried that superhero thing with Howard the Duck and that just that didn't go we spent a lot of money on it and that maybe soured them to it for a little while and it took a little while to kind of get that out of their brains maybe to think about even doing another one yeah it probably did factor in i think a lot of it though is that back then they just didn't want to devote the budget to it that they they needed to because you'll see there's the the pirate copies of the old fantastic four the original fantastic four movie and i'm talking the one back before the one that chris evans was in um, and it's just really poorly done. And you look at some of the 70s and 80s Marvel's attempts at TV shows like Spider-Man, and they did a Doctor Strange. And, you know, the only one that ever made it really was the Hulk. And that was because they could just paint Lou Ferrigno green, have him run, run through the city and, and, you know, do your thing, Lou, throw stuff around. Um, so they didn't have any kind of a special effects budget for that either. I mean, you know, he didn't he didn't jump like the Hulk does. He didn't really smash things. He just threw garbage cans around at people. So you know, they never wanted to invest heavily into the the whole superhero genre until recently. And now that they've seen that you know they can get that back plus a hundredfold yeah. in cases like the Avengers, um, you know, they they realize that they're they've really got something now. And see, and I think that was what surprised me as a kid, because like you said, the original Keaton Batman, Keaton will always be my Batman, uh, that's what I grew up with, and we had the toys, we had the t-shirts, they had all the merchandise, and I was like, this movie did pretty well, not to mention they put out like four of them, I mean, two with Keaton, of course, and then, you know, you had the other Batmans that finally came along, but it was like, that movie seems to be doing well, the studios are making money off of Batman, why haven't they tried any other hero but it just seemed for like a time there that was the only hero we got on the silver screen was basically batman right they were doing well and then they for some reason decided to make it campy like the old tv show was you know yeah. by the time the third one uh i guess it was what joel schumacher started directing yeah, them and he did and he just back to totally back. changed yeah. the thing you know he did the, the val kilmer one and then the george clooney one which was absolutely horrible yeah um, you know, George Clooney likes to say that he killed the Batman movies. He didn't. Joel Schumacher did. did. And uh, they were just so corny, and and I, which doesn't make any sense because, you know, obviously the Tim Burton ones weren't done that way at all. No. And they did well. Um, and like you said, you know, another thing that they've realized is, is the merchandising that can be done on all these things because when Batman came out, they were selling. I mean, I had a, a store roughly the same size as the one I have here now, back in 1989 and I just sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Batman t-shirts out of that location. It didn't hurt having a great big theater movie theater complex across the street. Oh yeah, that <laughs> but, probably helped uh, out a lot. But you know, uh, t-shirts and action figures and they started really cranking out the graphic novels back then and um, you know, that's something that that Disney has latched onto. That's that's the whole reason why they acquired Marvel. That's the whole reason why they acquired Star Wars is for the catalog of characters that each of those companies has. I mean, everybody's familiar with Luke and Leia and Han Solo and those guys, but you look at all the other characters, the supporting characters, even the ones that, yes, I know they have a name, but I don't know who they are, all these little right. aliens, nondescript aliens that you see walking by in the background yeah. that, you know, they can they can put out action figures, they can put out, you know, if. If they think one of them can carry a storyline, they're going to put it out. So, uh, and Marvel's got the same thing. Everybody knows Iron Man, Captain America, Spider Man, but then there's all the lesser heroes, like you're starting to see on the Netflix show. You know, they're giving Luke Cage a show, they're giving Jessica Jones a show. Um, all this is leading towards a Defenders Netflix show. So, it's just a whole stable of characters that they can just continually put new stuff out there. Well, actually, that brings me into another topic I wanted to ask you about the Netflix shows. Have you seen, which it's hardly even a trailer, if you could call it that yet, the Jessica Jones couple little teaser trailers they've put out yet? I saw that, that they've been released. I haven't seen it yet. Um, not missing much. It's, it's <laughs> not much of anything. 
I'm hoping that the you know the the quality of the Daredevil. I thought Daredevil was great, so yeah. I, I'm assuming that they're they're going to maintain that. Like I said, they're doing each one of these individual heroes leading up to a, a Defenders, um, which I believe they're going to have you know Luke Cage, and then they're going to add in Iron Fist. And I think there's one more that I'm forgetting. It's Daredevil, <sighs> Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and I believe it's just those four, okay. and that's going to be the Defenders because they're working. Jessica Jones is wrapped up. They're in the process of filming and working on Luke Cage right. now, and then the Iron Fist is the next one, but they keep running into problems, and I think the reason, because you're an old-school fan like I am, Iron Fist has a lot of Eastern mysticism, right. and they don't want to make it hokey. They want to make it grounded and realistic and gritty like everything else is without getting too kung fu theater with it, if you mm -hmm. will. And I think that they're running into problems with a script of like, okay, how do we make this work and not make it cheesy? Right. In a, in a lot of ways, he's he's kind of like a, a Doctor Strange in that respect. Some of the things that he says and some of the, um, you know, the, the doctrines that he believes in. Um, yeah, it's, it is going to be kind of hard to get that to translate, I think, to a, a Western audience. Well, unless, in my opinion, unless they knock that out of the park that first season, we're going to see come season two, they'll do Heroes for Hire. They'll just put Luke Cage and him together, be done with it. Because in all honesty, you're getting two heroes for the price of one, so it makes it a lot easier writing stories for since you've got two different characters you can bounce off of. And as a fan, I love that relationship between the two of them. Luke Cage, kind of the headstrong, you know, guy, and then you had, you know, the Iron Fist, who was more laid back, kind of would think about things, really kind of work through them, maybe would come at it from a different take. I love that in the stories, kind of seeing the yin to the yang of the two of them. Um and, and I hope we get that sooner than later. Right, and that, that's one of the things that Marvel's been good at over the years is taking these lesser-known characters and pairing them up or putting them into teams like the Defenders. Um, I mean, you know, that's that's essentially what the X-Men started out as when the original group with Iceman and Angel and Cyclops and, and Beast and Marvel Girl, none of those characters really would be strong enough to carry a book on their own, and they put them all together. And, you know, the book's been going now for... 60 Ever, years or like. you know and 60 plus Fox years is probably one of their biggest franchises now is the x-men movies and there are so many characters which is great for them like how they're going to be able to do a gambit movie and maybe spend you know deadpool's getting his own movie there's so much of a cast of characters in that kind of x universe that it gives them a lot of things to play with and there we go again with that stable of characters that disney got hold of yeah exactly <laughs> and that's the thing because everybody keeps complaining because uh one of the things, and you know it because I keep begging you for it, is I want the Old Man Logan story um, because that's going to be the next Wolverine movie. And you didn't check your bag that I have here for you, oh, did you? Oh, <laughs> I haven't checked it yet. If there's something in there, I'm going to be super excited. Um, but they were actually talking to the director because they're working on the script and everything, and they were like, you know, what are you going to do? Because like his, his buddy basically riding with him on the road trip is Hawkeye, and he's blind. It's like, you can't use Hawkeye, so who's going to – I mean, he's a really integral part of the story. He's like, I'll just put Cyclops in there, make him have his eyes closed. Like, I can do any – I could throw any character in there. There's enough people in the X universe that I don't have to be married to that story. Like, I can change the pieces out and still make the, the bits work, if that makes sense. And I think that that's a great thing about – them having that cast of characters and they've still got fantastic four don't know if they're going to want to use any of them but if they want to they can because they've got the rights to them so i think that'll probably end up being a, a, a really really good story and that was one of the smart things on their part is that you know there are so many members that are affiliated with the x-men yes uh and we saw how they kind of encroach on other properties like the avengers because you've got quicksilver was in x-men and in avengers yeah. um and you've got the same type of thing with the fantastic four everybody thinks about the four core characters um but you know you've also got silver surfer you've also got galactus you've got uh annihilus you've got terax um you know there's there's a whole bunch of them and i don't know how technical they'd want to get but you know other heroes have been mem members of the Fantastic Four over time. You know, She-Hulk, I don't know whether they would, would ever have any kind of uh, legal battle over a She-Hulk movie if they wanted to do that, but for a very long time, She-Hulk was a member of the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. And actually, kind of to, to bring it back to what we're talking about Netflix, when they were talking about these Netflix shows and the Defenders, 
they have such a good lineup of shows, but I'm like, these shows are really popular. They're going to want to do more. My personal opinion, one that right is ripe for the picking, is She-Hulk. Because it's a legal drama, especially her last book. It was basically her in court defending these superheroes. So it's like, okay, you make it like any kind of, you know, like Boston legal or any other, you know, courtroom drama kind of show. And then you throw in a few seeds of her, you know, going out there and saving people or doing whatever. I don't think it'd be super hard to make. You just get a, a, a bodybuilder or some semi-attractive, healthy, athletic woman, paint her green. You're, I mean, <laughs> it's the Lou Ferrigno effect. Right. It's not that hard. Right, and uh, you know, yeah, you just basically carry. I would think cast two. You carry uh, cast a smaller uh, Jennifer Walters character for when she's in court, and then yeah. you cast the, your athletically built female to be uh, She-Hulk. Um, yeah, and then you could, you like you said, you could incorporate the courtroom drama. You could have the action every time you know something's going wrong in, in the city and the She-Hulk has to go save the day. So it would satisfy everybody, everybody. your drama folks and your action folks. It, now, a, a, let me ask you this, because it, this is me just probably brushing up on some of my She-Hulk knowledge. Isn't She-Hulk green all the time? And does she just get bigger when she gets angry like the real Hulk? Or how does her powers work? Um, for the longest time, Jennifer Walters, that's the name of She-Hulk's alter ego, Yeah. Um, did not like being puny Jennifer Walters. Okay, you know, she'd much rather be big sex, She-Hulk. sex yeah. pot she, she Hulk. Yeah, so she never changed back. Ah, um, but she actually does have a you know quote unquote human form that she can transform into, um, and she's you know just an average to actually small sized woman who is a super smart lawyer. So. With her ability, she could kind of switch it on and off as she pleases. It wasn't almost right. like Johnny Storm in the Flame On. Exactly. Like, okay. If I yeah, want to un- do this, unlike I can't. the Hulk, where he can't really control his change, she can just will it on and off whenever she wants. Huh. See, you learn something new every day, folks. <laughs> here in the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, when you hang out at the comic shop down here at Main Street Comics and Memorabilia, is there any characters that you think might be right for them to make a TV show out of? <laughs> While John thinks about the answer to that question, the thing that excited me most is because uh, Deadpool season two is supposed to come out like probably at sometime after Christmas because they've been filming. They've almost right. finished wrapping. We're getting Punisher. We're getting Elektra. <laughs> added to the storyline so i'm like wow okay if we've got punisher and Electra now running around and of course netflix shows are connected to the marvel cinematic universe they could pop up in a movie they could spin them off and get their own show because let me tell you easy tv show to make punisher Punisher. that is like it just a it's not a huge effects budget it's basically your your uh, your old 70s cop shows like uh death wish i'm trying to think of the uh Oh, the Equalizer. The Equalizer. Yeah, yeah, you know shows like that that they've done before. Rockford Files, in a way, it's like one of yeah. those old detective crime shows, basically. Right, and they've got uh, John Bernthal cast in the in the Daredevil as the Punisher, and he's he's a veteran TV actor, so oh, I'm sure that's Walking in the back of their minds. And a bunch yeah, of things, and that's the reason why when they said they cast him, I was like. They're going to do something with him. Like, it's going to be more than one season. I'm sure they put him in some sort of ironclad contract that they they probably own him for, like, the next <laughs> ten years. So, and I wouldn't blame him because I'm like, you know what? That's a, that's a great character. Everybody loves Punisher. Punisher, at least back in my heyday of buying comics, I would say, you know, it, you know anywhere between 80s, 90s, and 2000s, especially mid-2000s, Punisher was selling like crazy. And then when they right. brought the Max line out, he was one of the first ones. It was Jessica Jones, who's getting her new show, because it was Alias. Right. It was uh, Nick Fury had his own book, and it was Punisher. And I think I think it was Howard the Duck was the fourth one, and the Max line. Like, it was crazy, because I remember when it came out, it was like, Max for adults. And I'm like, come on, man, really? And then I started reading it, I'm like, holy crap. Like, I'm right. like, blushing and turning red. I'm like, yes. This is for adults. Like you, that, no wonder they checked my ID at the store to make sure I was old enough. But uh, I love those books. Um, which actually leads me to another question: Do you think Marvel will ever do something like that again, or DC? Because DC had the Vertigo line for a very long time. Mm-hmm. When they had the Hellblazer series, they had uh, Sandman. They had a lot of 
very adult titles with very adult themes. And Vertigo is still going. It's not quite as extensive as it used to be. Um, Sandman has done more in in a like a mini series format now. They'll have a, a storyline instead of trying to crank out a monthly book and possibly dropping the quality on it. What they'll do is they'll have a four or a six part story come out, and then there'll be a break of a few months and then you'll have another four or six part story come out. Um, but they're still going. And actually I think a lot might actually hinge on how the Deadpool movie does. Uh, the Deadpool movie is definitely a mature a audience. It is a very hard, hard R, R, which um, I hope parents realize that before taking their children. Cause I know that's the sad thing is that in, in on one hand, I really feel bad about it because I know a lot of kids are really going to want to go see this movie and I highly advise against it. I yeah, really don't think do they too. should. No, um, I mean, you don't need to see that. Now I'm looking forward to it because I've been a longtime Deadpool fan. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this, not just being a comic book fan, but when Ryan Reynolds first got the role in the Wolverine's Origins, I was like, that's Deadpool. That is perfect. That is dead on. I except for the, pack, for the Except for the fact that they sewed his mouth shut. Well, until the end. <laughs> Did you see the, the scene at the end where, where he, he, he his mouth is unshut? That was terrific. At the, at the very end of the movie, it was they had the cut scene, the little stinger at the end, and you see the head. And the mouse open, and you see this hand kind of come up out of the, the debris or whatever, and it grabs his head, and he moves his head around, and he goes, oh, boy, because he's, he's still alive. But it was like, okay, Ryan Reynolds is back. You know, we're okay. Uh, I, they're going to have to have some sort of Wolverine origins joke in the movie, I'm sure, if not, like, several. Right. Um, but re- really fast, just getting back to the, the thing that that's going to do is going to determine how mature – a superhero movie and possibly how mature a superhero comic can go. So I think if that does well, um, you know, they'll, they'll take that ball and run with it and probably put out a, a whole line or, you know, maybe they'll start small at first, but I think we, we have the potential for a whole line of, you know, more mature titles. Um, again, it does kind of open a, a bit of a can of worms because what do you do when, when Junior comes in and you tell him, well, you can have this Deadpool, but you can't have this Deadpool over here because this one's, you know, this one's rated, uh, you know, general audiences and this one is, is mature. R, mature. Well, and I think they might be good if they did like they did with the original Max line. Take four titles and say, let's, let's give it a six-month trial run. Let's just see and let's not put a huge, you know, just do four. Don't get crazy with it. And see what happens, but that leads me to ask you too: with the Vertigo titles that they have now, are they as mature and racy as they were back in the '90s, 2000s, or is it still? Oh yeah, they're they're pretty much the same. Um, and the the funny thing is, is that well, I guess it really it kind of depends on your audience. But uh, you know, for me, they've never they've never sold all that well. Um, they do okay. But um, and I don't think actually I, I guess as a whole they don't sell all that well because DC has constantly been revamping those books, trying to get them a little more mainstream, mainstream or more generally accepted. Accepted because they they are kind of a, a, a niche onto their own and and um, I don't know. It's just I think it's it's great that they're out there, but you're, you're, they're never going to have the general popularity. No, I think the only in my opinion, even though people do love Sandman, so you can always send your hate mail to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com for Deuce's next statement. I think the only character, in my opinion, from the Vertigo line that really did anything was John Constantine, Hellblazer. Right, right. Like, and now he's in just the regular DC universe with everybody else. Like, I don't even think he's yeah. got a Vertigo book anymore. He uh he he has a monthly regular DC New Fifty Two book, book and um, which I'm sure is extremely toned down from the Hellblazer <laughs> I used to read. But uh, you know, and and he 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 is extreme. It's been extremely popular book. Um, I have one one guy who came comes in here, and I've basically had to try to track down every appearance of Constantine, and I, and you have wow. no idea, because he has crossed over into everything. everything. He's crossed over into all the other Vertigo books. He's crossed over into all the DC books. He's even been in in publications with characters from other companies. Yeah. So um, you know, pl- 
plug there, I do look for back issues for people. Yes, yes. and actually, I can say it for myself. I'm looking at a bag. He went through all the trouble to get just for me. He got me some Serenity stuff. I'm hoping maybe some of the old man Logan's in there. Um, and also, I was looking for the uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws stuff, and you said you'd found some stuff. So, John, John is your guy to come to see if you're a comic fan, and especially if you're looking for stuff. And trust me, I, I work 40 hours a week at my in my quote-unquote real job and then i do this 40 hours a week the happy hour johnny and deuce for all my fine friends out there and all of our listeners which i love to do but i don't have time to go like to comic book shop to comic book shop to track stuff down if it wasn't for thank god having you john i couldn't find this stuff because i don't want to sift through ebay i don't want to you know you can't get single issues on amazon really i mean i'm sure you could but i don't want to sift through that and knowing that it's coming back home to a nice homegrown business like this that's also a plus too, right? What what I try to do is, um, you know, obviously I'll I'll try to to order it through my distributor if it's still available. If it's not, there are other stores that I trade with because um, we recently moved here to Bartow from um, Orlando, so I know a lot of the the shops out there, and I, I'll work trades with them. You know, stuff that I ha- might have that they need, and vice versa. Um, and then if that doesn't work, I keep a, wa- a want list with me. Uh, pretty much at all times if I happen to go to a show or whatever in addition to looking for stuff for myself I'll be looking for my customers too so um, you know I'm, I'm always happy to try to track stuff down and uh, fill in all those holes in the collection because you know I've been doing I've been reading comics for just about 40 years now and uh, I know what it's like to have that hole right in the middle of your collection that you can't find the issue for so uh, I'll do everything I can to help you out this episode of the happy hour is brought to you by Video Games Monthly. Video Games Monthly is a monthly subscription service that delivers retro video games right to your door. VGM is a must for gamers who own classic gaming systems from the 80s to the 2000s. VGM offers 3, 4, and even 10 game subscriptions for the NES, SNES, Nintendo 64, Sega Genesis, and now both Game Boy and Game Boy Color. And best of all, you keep the games. Every month, they send out a variety of well-known retro favorites and the unique ones to make sure you consistently get a well-rounded gaming experience. Take a look at their website at www.videogamesmonthly.com to sign up for a monthly variety of retro video games. And remember to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with with Johnny Johnny and Deuce Deuce sent you. question for you and this is one you can always say pass on if you want being a comic book store now in 2015 what do you say is the lifeblood of the store what do you say this is the item i sell that actually kind of keeps the lights on here in Barto, it's a, it's been a little bit different than my other um experiences you know normally the lifeblood of a store are the new books and right. and the the beauty of that is um a lot of places come up with kind of gimmicky either coupons or emails or whatever to get you to to get well to get you to come back and the beauty about a comic uh, having a comic shop is the product is what keeps you coming back every week i get new books in so every week pretty much i see the same faces coming in to get their new stuff um but here in Bartow, it's been a little bit different. The new comics are doing okay, but they're not—they're not doing what I thought they would do. For some reason, here it's the back issues. And Yahtzee. That's what my money was on. I had a bet. I just won my bet with you today, Johnny. <laughs> so. And my the the funny thing about that is is that you know I mean it a lot of the same titles are still going, and I don't know if it's that people like the the. Nostalgia of the old books, you know, the feel that they had of, of reading that type of story as opposed to a newer story, or maybe the you know, and, and it's not that they're older older buyers either. It's not it's not that they're people in their forties and fifties buying the stuff from when they were a kid. I mean, it'll be twenty somethings coming in, and they're still buying the older stuff too. So it's really kind of interesting to me that that the back issues are doing so much better than the current stuff. Well, I can I can only speak for myself and and from my own personal experience. Whenever I've come in so far, I've bought back issues. I haven't bought anything new. And the problem for me as a reader is two things. One, they've been shuffling everything around with the new stuff so much. Like, 
I don't know where a good jump on point is. Like, I wouldn't even know where to begin to jump on as a new reader. So that kind of scares you a little bit. Plus, you don't want to, like, buy, like, ten new books and, you know, and start getting into it and be like, ah, I don't know, because, you know, they're $5 a pop now. So if you buy ten, that's $50. Yeah. So also, we have been blessed with we've got the trade paperbacks now, which, to be honest with you, for me, new stuff, that's how I go every time. Right. I'm just like... Now, I love, I've got tons of bagged and board comics. Personally, I prefer single issues, but it's like, if I'm trying to get back in something, I'll just grab a trade, and then if I really like it, I'll be like, okay, well, then I'll go pick up the new one. And I think a lot of people migrate towards the back issue stuff just because it's what they know and what they're comfortable with. Like you said, a nostalgia factor, because they're like, oh, I remember this. They hadn't changed everything, but with the new 52, and Marvel just had the shakeup. It's, it's tough for a new reader. Right. Well, as far as any new readers coming in, um, you know, this is going to, again, sound kind of like a, sh a shameless plug here. but hey, it's, it's, We're all about the cheap pops on the happy it, hour. It's actually honestly not because th th right now, this month and next month, if you're a Marvel fan especially, now is the time to do it because they're relaunching everything. It's, it's similar to like DC did four years ago with the new 52. Marvel is relaunching all their titles with a new first issue. Um, they're giving some some characters books that either haven't had books in a really long time or have never had their own books before. Uh, you know, there's a new Doctor Strange series coming out. There's the Black Knight is getting his own book. Um, you know, it's just it's very interesting the ones that they've decided to give books to. Um, the one thing that and I was I was speaking with a customer the other day about this and I was so happy that he agreed with me. Um, they're trying so hard, especially, I guess, now that they're owned by Disney. Marvel is trying to diversify all their characters. Yes. Thor is a woman. Captain America is, is, a, is, a, is a black man. Yeah. He's The Falcon is now, like, he still has his wings, but he's Captain America, America. too. Um, the Hulk is going to be an Asian gentleman. I, I just what? I just got the information on it a couple days ago. I have not read all about it, but I know that... He, that Bruce Banner is no longer going to be the Hulk. It's an, it's an Asian man. And I was speaking with a, with a customer, and the thing that really made me feel so good about it is he was a black gentleman. I was speaking with an African-American gentleman. Yep. We're talking about yeah. the changes that Marvel's been making, and we both thought it was ridiculous. Sure, we agree. Let's have black superheroes. Let's have Hispanic superheroes. Let's have Asian superheroes. We're all for it. Let's have female superheroes. But why do we have to change existing ones? Can't we have some new ones? Yeah. And see, that's what I think is turning, uh, in my opinion, turning a lot of new readers off because when I see that you've changed everything that I grew up loving and enjoying, that turns me off. That's like... That's like if you went to get a Coke tomorrow and they changed the formula. You're like, whoa, whoa, wha, whoa. I've been I remember that. I, well, yeah, they, Coke has done that a few times, but they, it never really lasted that long or clear Pepsi. Uh, but it's like, no, 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 I've been drinking this since I was, you know, in diapers. Don't go messing with it. And right. I think what happened is, and I get it, they want synergy. And I, I agree with you 110%. We need more African-American characters. We need more female characters, more Asian characters, more Latino characters, more characters from the LGBT community. We need those characters out there in the books because that is the America we live in now. Back in the golden age of comics, all the superheroes right. were white. Yeah, well, a point that you just, you just mentioned something, and that yeah. they all of a sudden Iceman is gay. Which, you know, Iceman's been around since 1963. Yeah. He's gone out with all sorts of... Kitty Pryde. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like well, Now all of a sudden, you know, they, they've outed him. Uh, um, Marvel Girl, or she's supposed to be Marvel Girl, or Jean Grey. For some yeah. reason, she doesn't have a code name anymore. But Jean Grey outed him. Oh, Bobby, you know, shut up. We know you're all gay. You're, you're gay. Stop flirting with that girl. And, um, you know... Okay, you, you want some gay superheroes, that's fine, but don't change one that's been around 60 years and say, oh, well, he's always been gay, we just didn't know. Well, yeah, because that, then it doesn't make any <laughs> sense, and it changes up storylines because now right. you're kind of recticonning things. I understand wanting to bring new readers in, but bring them in by bringing in some really cool new superheroes. Yeah. Don't change, like you said, the iconic ones. I mean, you know, no offense, but the Falcon is not Captain America. Captain no, America is, is Captain, Captain America. America. You know, it's like, you know, and I don't know whether whether DC would ever consider doing anything like this or not. Like I said, to me it's the Disney influence of diversity, having worked out there and yeah. knowing how they feel about this. And again, that's that's fantastic. I don't have a problem with that, but you don't have to change the existing heroes. You don't, you know, 
DC, I don't think, is going to make Batman an Asian, you know, an Asian American all of a sudden. And no. oh well, he's always been. No, he hasn't no. been. And I and I, I gotta <laughs> say, I kind of like what DC's doing. At least they're kind of sticking with their guns and are like, look, these characters have been this way forever. Now they're introducing new characters, and I think we'll probably see some newer characters from them in the future that diversify things. But they're not going. There's. I don't know how you put it. You can swing the pendulum too far one way. Exactly, yeah. Like, no, let's meet in the middle, but let's meet in the middle. Let, I don't want to run all the way across to the other side of the field to meet you. Like, that, you know, it's got to swing somewhere in the middle, and I think we can do that without alienating the old fans like me that have been reading forever and love these characters, and now they change them all. Like, I was reading something the other day, I guess, you know, uh, Mary Jane and Peter, P- Peter Parker are back together now and are married and all that, and that's all great. But now she's working for Tony Stark as, like, basically the new Pepper Potts. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, she was a model. And, okay, if she's not a model, let her be a mom or have her own business. But why does she got to – to me, that makes no sense. Like, why is she now working for Tony Stark? Uh, unless there's just a great story reason. There, but There just seems to be no – regard for the history of any of these characters and you know my wife is probably in the in the back room laughing at me right now because i'm talking about history and and she's a history teacher and i'm not into history at all other than the history, comic, of comics. history of comics hey, you know what me and you comic both books and baseball are the only yeah. two things i know about no, history and, and trust me when it comes to history no sport and excuse me because i'm a baseball too fan too is up its own butt any more than baseball when it comes to keeping everything pure. Like, we don't want to change anything. We want to keep the rules the same they were like, 1912. Like, they don't want to change anything. But I Oh, just, I'm sorry, but I feel that way about my superheroes, Well, too. I do, too, so don't feel bad. Like, I love, you know, the, the superheroes the way they were. Now, you know, they did some things. Like, I remember when the Ultimates came out. Now, this is a throwback. That was, like, 2000. And they right. made uh, Nick Fury African-American, and they made him look like Samuel L. Jackson, and everybody lost their shit. Like, <laughs> they lost their minds. And I was like, I'm cool with that. Like, it really doesn't matter. He's still Nick Fury. Right. So. And, and it was also, it's another, you know, an alternate Earth, you know, yeah. which I'm I'm okay with that, too, actually. I, I love the Ultimate titles. I don't know why they didn't do better than they did. No, I bought um, all of them. The Spider-Man, I thought, was exceptional. That was, yeah. you know, some of the, the best brian bendis work i thought and uh because it was it held true to the original stories and that they kept bringing in the old villains with just kind of a, a modern you know making them look a little bit more realistic you know green goblin didn't look like a, a, a cartoon an, an elf an yeah. elf in a purple hat and a, you know but um you know those were excellent but it didn't since it was a different earth an alternate reality or however you want to put it it didn't destroy the history of the existing character they had them no. both going at the same time now they're pretty much you know abolishing the old stuff and here we're starting fresh now and it, it's it's just not right well just to kind of throw it in the way back machine and reminisce a little bit i love the ultimates and i had the whole run and i think i still do at the house of ultimate spider-man and ultimate x-men but they kept throwing in new ultimate ones and they would never last like they did ultimate iron man and i think it lasted like 10 12 issues and then they can that and then they did ultimate fantastic four same thing ran about 12 issues can that they even did an ultimate electra i remember because i was like oh this is gonna be awesome and they can that and they even had the ultimate marvel team up for a while and what do you think it was with that particular series that it just besides the x-men and spider-man it could not tread water well, the funny thing is, is to me, the reason that it didn't make it was, again, people viewed it as you're messing with my established hero. You're uh. changing it. And, you know, I like it the way it is. I like it the way it has been. Stop messing with it. Even though it was a different reality, universe, yeah. different universe, you know, it was the ultimate universe. People still didn't like it because of that reason. You're messing with my established character. And now all of a sudden they're reestablishing everything. So, you know, I, this is either going to really take off and they're going to be right and bringing a whole bunch of new people to buy this stuff or it's going to blow up in their faces and, and people are just going to reject it and say, no, put it back the way it was. Well, and see, that's my problem. I, I personally think, in my humble opinion, they got to stick with something and it's got to it's got to last because I'm not going to lie. The way they keep switching like with New 52 and then and now they re-switched it again and with Marvel. Like I've got pairs of underwear that are older than the continuity now. 
So it's like if they don't stick with is that, the, what that smell is. That's what that smell is. <laughs> yeah, but if they don't stick with the continuity for longer than two or three years, people are not going to want to get invested because they're like, oh, they're just going to change it yeah. in six months or a yeah. year anyway. So why should I invest in this? Right. I, I was actually just thinking this morning about you know all these first issues that are coming and. Um, the reason that they keep putting out the first issues is traditionally first issues are the issues that sell the so best. best. You know, everybody tri- picks up the first issue. And but really, you know, the Iron Man is the first one that's coming out. And I'm looking back over the last, I'll say, seven years. I think there have been four, five different Iron Man number ones in like wow. the last seven or eight years. So is it really that big a deal? No. You see, know? And you're right. It used to be when a first edition would come out. Everybody would buy it. Like when I was in my heyday of late 90s, early 2000s buying comics, a comic book would come out. I didn't even know who the hero was, but it was number one. I would buy it because I'm like, look, I'm going to bag and board it. I'm going to throw it in a box. And it was it was a dice roll. It was a gamble, just like Vegas. It's like, well, maybe I paid five bucks and it's not even worth the paper it's printed on. But maybe they turn this into a movie or they do something with it in this character in 10 years. This book's going to be worth 50 or 100. So it was kind of the long con. And I think there's a lot of people that are still in that mindset of, oh, it's the number one. It might be worth something someday. But if you keep pumping out all these number ones, none of them are worth anything. Right. Um, you know, well, as far as, you know, investing in comics, my, my standard line is just get what you're going to enjoy reading. Ditto. If it ends up being worth something, bonus. Yeah. If otherwise, you know, I mean, the, the purpose of a comic is entertainment. It, right. It's, it's a source of entertainment. You sit down, you read it, you enjoy the heck out of it. If you really liked it that much, you'll probably go back and read it again and get more enjoyment out of it that way. Don't look at, look at it as something that you have invested in. Look at it like... When you either buy a DVD or maybe even go into the movies, you know, you, you plunk down that 10 bucks going to the movies and you sat there and you got two hours worth of entertainment out of it. Exactly. Same thing with your, you know, you, you spend three, four bucks on a comic, you read it, you got your enjoyment out of it that way. Stick it away. I'm not saying, you know, get rid of it, but yeah, no, hang put, on it, put it, it in the yeah. box and, and hope that it is worth something. But if it's not, you've always gotten your entertainment out of it. Um because the the thing to remember, you know, everybody says, well, wow, look how much the ones from the 60s and 50s and those guys are worth now. Nobody kept them back then. And no. nowadays, everybody keeps everything. And, and that's the problem, <laughs> because everybody keeps everything. There's so many of them, there's not a value. The reason, like you said, the ones from the 30s and 40s are so valuable is because of rarity. There's not that many of them. They right. The, the farther back, back you go, got rid of a lot the, of them. The farther back you go, the the fewer people there were that actually saved them because they had exactly what we were just talking about. It was a form of entertainment. They read it and Jimmy passed it to Timmy for, you know, here, here's my Superman. You give me your Batman. And then it made it down the street to, to Freddie and then it made it down to George. And by the time it got to George, it was falling apart and he put it in the trash. Yeah. Um, Nowadays, you know, each person they they meticulously read it and they turn you know turn the pages practically with a pair of tweezers. They put it back into their their bag and board and they stick it in their closet. Problem is, is that thousands of, of other people have just done the same thing. And yeah. and when the time comes that you know Hero X does get a movie, unless it had a really short print run. It's not going to be worth all that much. It's never going to be worth as much as the old ones, just no. because there's so many more of them around. Exactly, and I think you kind of hit a nail on the head. In my, I'd say, teen years, early 20s, it was, yes, I got them for reading and entertainment, but a lot of it sometimes I would grab a book because I thought, okay, this might pay off in the long run, or I might get a good deal on this certain set. I'm like, well, that's a good set. Maybe that'll pay off. Maybe, you know, I did a lot of things collecting-wise. I think more in my head were almost semi-investments, and now that I'm older and I'm in my early 30s, I'm just like you. I'm just like, I'm buying it because I want to read it and enjoy it. Now, is it going to go in a long box in the closet and be safe and in good condition? Yeah, because I always take immaculate care of my books. But I'm not trying to roll those life dice of, oh, this is going to make a car payment somewhere down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like I'm trying to make some investment for my future. Now it's just pure entertainment, and I almost wish – this version of me could have talked to the younger version of me and said, look, you, you probably don't need all that run of, you know, Gen X that you think is going to pan out and be something. Like, it's not. So right. just right. get what you really want to read and don't worry about it. 
Right. And, you know, if if there are people out there that are interested in investing, you know, bottom line is supply and demand. demand. And just go with what there's the shortest supply of. And that's, you know, key books from the 60s and earlier are the ones that are in really short supply. And yeah. they will always be in really short supply. Um, so if you want to invest in those, yeah, it's going to cost you more now. now. But your payoff down the line is going to be is going to be much better. Whereas if, you know, there's a, if you want to invest in Spider-Man, right. get the 1962 Spider-Man. Don't get the 2015 Spider-Man yeah. number one that's coming out, you know, in a month and a half, because that one's going to have print runs in the hundreds of thousands, if not a million. Whereas the one back then, you know, it had a small print run to begin with. And there's just that many fewer now because they haven't survived over the years. Well, and I think that that's the key. You just really, like you said, you got to go for what you love and what you want to read. And that leads me to one more question for you. What are you reading right now? What's on your read? Uh, because I know, I'm sure you get a ton of reading time <laughs> as you, I epically eye roll because this guy's the hardest working man in comics. I'll tell you right now, there's nobody in the comics game that's working harder than John. But when you do get like, oh my God, I've got like 30 minutes, I can actually sit down and read some comics. What's on your reading list right now? Yeah, um, my my reading list these days, unfortunately, is incredibly small because um, for the last several months, you know, the the shop is new. So was there was the the setup of the shop. There's been the the move, um, which we're actually still not we're not even moved yet. We're actually still in the process of moving from Orlando to um, Bartow. So. Um, and the, the house that we bought here is, is like the ultimate fixer upper and needs lots of TLC and lots of time. And, and then there's that darn drive back and forth every day. I mean, yeah. my commute is two and a half, three hours round trip every day. Yeah. So it's just, you know, the, the reading is not getting done. Um, series that I have been reading that I've really enjoyed lately. Um, the Spider-Man renew your vows is awesome. It's, uh, they're, they're, doing away with the with the brand new day stuff and having it back where Peter and Mary Jane are together that that's been a really good a really good series um the new Star Wars books are excellent especially the Darth Vader book I think is exceptional um you told me last time we talked the Canaan book you really Canaan Canaan book has just really surprised me I I didn't think it would be selling as well as it did um, there are evidently an awful lot of Rebels fans out there that are, are just merely making that book go um, and they you know I, I'll be honest that's one that I have not been reading but they tell me it's it's excellent that it, it's it's as good as the stories they're getting on TV if not better. Um, Let's see what else has been really good lately. I want to ask you one more question okay. while you mill that over yeah. your mind. Now, with the like you said, the Renew Your Vow story, they're married again. Are they're married again? They have a a daughter. daughter. It's not um, May from the the Spider Girl series, though. It's it's the child that Mary Jane lost in the, in the in the series. Gosh, I guess it would be in the five hundreds of Amazing Spider Man. Mary Jane was pregnant for a short time, and she ended up losing the baby. So in this reality, she actually did not, and she had the the, the child, and uh, you know the whole Mephisto thing. Uh, gone. We're getting rid of their marriage happened. never yeah. happened, and, and like they're that. still together. Which you know, I I loved those books in the in the five hundreds and six hundreds, where. Spider-Man was a member of the Avengers, and Peter and Mary Jane and Aunt May were all living in Avengers Mansion with the Avengers. Yeah. And for a little while, Aunt May was dating Jarvis, and it was just kind of cool because, um, you know, I like I like the action, but I also like the the personal nuances of the relationships between the characters, and and uh, you know those those books were written by. Um, Mike Straczynski, who did Babylon oh Five, and yes. um, he does you know excellent stuff. I'm I'm still holding out hope that at some point they will give him a movie to do because I know he'd do an awesome job. I think he would too, and I loved Babylon Five. I'm actually I'm in the process of watching it because I couldn't appreciate it as a kid. When I was a kid, it probably it, I want to say it was like mid '90s is when it was on. I was in middle school. And I couldn't process all the things going on because there was a lot of heavy stuff going on in Babylon 5. So now as an adult, I've been rewatching it. I'm in about season three. I love it. Like, the guy, in my opinion, can do no wrong. And he's done so many other great projects. So I, I'm with you. I hope they okay. give him a movie at some point. 
Yeah, as far as the the shows back then go, the the sci-fi shows, the two that I think are the most underrated are Babylon 5, and I actually love Deep Space Nine. Yes. Uh, A lot of people give it, you know, give it flack because, you know, oh, they're just on the space station, there's no exploration, there's no... But that was the best written show, that the character development in that. Everybody from, you know, Captain Sisko on down to the, the characters that you'd only see every few episodes, like like Nog the Ferengi. Yeah. Um, you got to really know and kind of care about every single one of those guys, um, which, you know, I, I find that that type of stuff is really missing. Every everything seems to be focused now on action, both on television and in the comic books. It's like there's there's no character inter- interaction. That's actually one of the reasons why I like The Walking Dead so much. Because um, it's all interpersonal. I'm, relationships. I'm not at all a horror person, and to me, the the zombie stuff is way way secondary. It's all the the you know that none of the hardly any of them are are related but they're like the tightest knit family on television oh, right yeah. now is the walking dead people it really is <laughs> which is funny and and I, I like exactly like you said like i like the interpersonal relationships i like how it is a family how you have had such from season 1 till now such uh, uh, you've seen these characters grow and you've seen things happen and i care about i watch that show just for the characters, I could care less about the zombies. Right. Like, they're like, oh, by the way, we just cured the zombie apocalypse. I'd be like, great. Now let's get out of these people. Like, <laughs> right. I'm still around for the show. But yeah, a lot it, of it people... could be, a, you know, it could be a, a, a fire. It could be aliens. It could be whatever is chasing them. You know, it doesn't really matter. The, like you said, yeah. the, it, the zombies are way, way secondary. It's how do these guys help each other to survive and get through all of this? And it, it's just really great to see. The you know and, and it's funny too because there's a lot of times there's not all that much dialogue on the show either. No, and that's the thing. Like <laughs> there'll be episodes where it, if you probably actually broke it down, there might only be twenty minutes worth of actual dialogue, and a lot of it's either music or just other things going on. And I'm okay with it. Like I don't need it to be super dialogue heavy because I remember that was a big thing. Season two, the season when they were at the farm, everybody's like, "Oh, there's no zombies. There's no zombies." Like. I don't care. Like, yeah. we got a great story with Herschel and his family taking these people in, helping everybody out, trying to put things back together. You had everything was going on with Shane. Like, you had so many good stories that I I just didn't care that the zombies weren't around. But you ask some people, and they're like, oh, that's the worst season of the show. And I'm like, okay, I know what you watch. You can go over there in the corner. Go play with your toys. I got go, things go, to do. Go gnaw on your arm for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got, I got, we, got, we got grown folk business to do over here. Go, you know. So, but man alive. Well, is there any other books you can think of right now that, that you're really enjoying are maybe actually I'll ask you a different question. What are the books you think people should be reading right now? If somebody's a new reader coming in, they're like, what's hot? What's the thing I should pick up? that's going to get me back into comics. (laughs) It's going to kind of sound like a cop out probably, but really just, you know, Go for what you like. Just right. if if you're gonna be entertained by it, if you're gonna enjoy it, that's the book to go for. Um, if if you have no idea where to begin, you can go go with the go with the consistent ones. You know, I mean, Batman is always consistently good. Um, or go maybe go with something that you're familiar with from television. You know, Arrow's Arrow. Arrow's got a book. Flash has a book. Uh, Deathstroke, you know, as a secondary character from uh, from Arrow that has a really good comic going right now is Deathstroke. Um, and then, of course, on the on the Marvel side, you've got Shield, which they've currently been coming out with a lot of one shots for the for the individual characters uh, coming out tomorrow, or I guess it will be out by the time people yeah. hear this. Um, they have the a special on Agent May called The Cavalry. Wow. Uh, Mockingbird has had a one-shot, and it's, it's not really the one from the Avengers days. It's it's the Mockingbird or that we're used the, to from the from Shield Marvel's show. Agents of Shield. So, um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff out there that, like I said, if you don't know where to begin, go with something that might be a little bit of a, a security blanket for you. You've seen this stuff well, on TV. That's what I was going to say. Go with the comfort food because me, like for comfort food, I like fried chicken and I like mashed potatoes and gravy and my, my meatloaf. Go with the characters you know that you love and that you're going to like anyway, like your Deadpools, your Batmans, your – your Superman's whatever you are right. If like, you're if you're yeah. looking for action, that's that's also funny. Um, there's a 
a series that's I think it's only two issues into it right now, and and both are still out on my shelves. Is that Deadpool versus Thanos? Oh wow! Which you know, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous, Deadpool oh, versus yeah. Thanos, but but it, it's hilarious too. And the, the another one that's like that is um, Harley Quinn and Power Girl. It's a wow, really really that funny book. Like a great title. It is. It it's just lots of fun. It's uh you know an Amanda Connor book, and she she always does really good stuff. Um, and it's just lots of fun, and and you know you've got lots of comedy and enough action that that you know in between in between laughs you're you're entertained by the action. So you know there's some good stuff right there. Well, that's awesome. Well, I want to say thank you so much, John, for coming on the show today. We we got a, I got a solid hour of you, so <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. And I want to say to our fans and our listeners out there. Go and support your local comic book store. You've got it right down here in downtown Bartow. You've got Main Street Comics and Memorabilia. You can find them on Facebook. Just type in in the search bar, Main Street Comics and Memorabilia. They're easy to find. Of course, a happy hour with Johnny Deuce is easy to find. You can find us at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine and also Show at gmail.com. And actually, I want to ask you guys, our fine listeners, something. I want you to send us some email. And I said again, it's hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. And in the subject line, I want you to put comics. And I want you to send us some comic book questions. And I've got a feeling we can round some of those up and John might be able to help us out with them. So I'd like you guys to do that at home for a little bit of homework from the happy hour. We love having you, all of our listeners out there. And thank you for listening. Of course, Pleasure. Thanks for having me. I look forward to doing it again. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And of course, as always, hashtag deuces on the loose. Later. Later.